Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, Disney, Hawaii, and Broadway are among those stepping up vaccination requirements and a warning for travelers about pop-up testing sites. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 320, Clayton Whitehead joins us to talk about what's happening to travel prices for the coming year. Plus, uh, Clayton attended the band's visit in San Francisco Theater last week, and we'll get his observation. Friend of the Travel Guys, Chris Elliott, is on the other side of the planet right now in the Middle East. He joins us at 335 to address a variety of travel and COVID-related subjects. Tourism Cares is the philanthropic arm of the tourism industry. We'll learn more about how tourism gives back and an upcoming project at Lake Tahoe. That's at 350. You found Sacramento's Travel Show celebrating 10 years on the air. Welcome to the Travel Guys. On the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again To Alaska, I go north to Russia's own. Yes, yes. Welcome, everyone. It's another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Just when you thought we would go away, we're here to haunt you once again between three and four every Sunday afternoon. Brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Mark Hoffman over there. I'm Tom Romano. Remember now, uh, TravelGuysRadio.com links to our special guests and lots of other goodies can be found there. Isn't that right, Mark? Goodies. Lots of hey, there's something really cool on the website. I got to mention this. I found this. Somebody sent it to me. Uh, Chris Galloway, one of our staff members, sent this to me in an email yesterday. It is a picture of the moon coming up, coming up and going down between Canada and Russia above the Arctic Circle. This is really cool. Travelguysradio.com. There's a little list there on the right-hand side on the homepage, and you can find it real easily. It's about a 30-second video or something like that. Go watch it and tell me if you don't think it's like one of the coolest things that you have ever seen. Well, you know, a lot of times with those really cool, unusual, never seen, mm-hmm. you got to look real close because sometimes they may be Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one is obviously sped up because it's like, you know, 24 hours of the moon uh, right. into a 40 second period. But it's it's really pretty cool because the moon looks like it's like you could reach out and touch it. You know, cool. I mean, yeah, it's 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 pretty neat. Doesn't have a whole lot to do with travel, but I thought it was pretty cool. And it's our program. <laughs> you got it. We do what we want. All right. Let's see. Lots of stuff going on today. And at the top of every Travel Guys radio program, we bring you up to date with the travel news. We Thank do. you, Caitlin. Yeah, and with the travel news, once again, here is Mr. Mark Hoffman. Mark. And if there is no news, then we make up news. Did you know that? We just make up news in the travel. No, we don't really do that. He, he's, he's just making that up. Uh, I'm just making up the fact <laughs> that we make up news. Exactly. I mentioned exactly. in the headlines that uh, a bunch of folks are saying, well, you know, it's great that you're vaccinated, but if you're vaccinated and boosted, 
that's a whole lot better. So uh, Hawaii has announced that you will now need the booster shot to be considered fully vaccinated and not have to quarantine upon arrival in Hawaii. Broadway also announced that you need the booster shot effective February the 1st to be able to get into Broadway theaters. You also have to be willing to wear a mask. It shouldn't be too too much of a surprise to too many people. The Disney Cruise Line is going to require children to start showing proof on board of vaccinations starting on January the 13th, which was last week. And so somebody said, well, that's ridiculous. Having children have to vaccinate to go on a cruise. It's Disney. There are a lot of children. That's the whole point is that you're bringing the kids and the family. And so your kids are going to go do what kids do. And that is they're going to get down and dirty with other kids. So, yeah. So, you know, that makes that makes perfect sense that Disney would do that. Anyway, the point of the whole thing is what we've kind of been saying is that if you want to travel, then you've got to get vaccinated and you've got to get boosted. And if you're not Concerned with traveling right now, you probably still still should be doing those things for a long list of reasons. But nonetheless, if you want to travel, the booster shot is really something that you that you need to get. And interestingly enough, you know, I think I've said this on the program before. I haven't been out with a sports leisure group for uh, since the middle of December. But um, even when I was travel when, when with our group, we we check vaccination status before the beginning of the trip with everyone. And because the vaccination is a requirement and starting uh, late next week, the booster will be an requirement with our company, too. But I would say about two thirds of our people are already boosted. So as of mid-December, so I'm sure that number has gone up by now. Um, Speaking of covid and testing and boosting and all of that kind of stuff, um, this is something that's been happening. I don't know that this necessarily relates completely to travel, but it pertains to travelers because many of them need to get tested before they take off on a trip. Um, Around the country, there have been a number of reports of pop-up COVID testing sites that weren't actually COVID testing sites. Right. In other words, you went and gave these people your personal information and made an appointment and uh, to come back in two or three days and get your shot. And when you came back in two or three days, they're not there anymore. And guess what? You gave them your name and your phone number and who knows how much other uh, personal information. So just a little quick word to the wise here. This is happening in a few places, and I don't haven't heard of it happening in Sacramento, but that doesn't mean that it couldn't. If you are looking for a COVID test and you're going someplace to get one and you drive and say, oh, wow, there's a place to get COVID tested, you might want to just do your homework and make sure that those people were there yesterday and that they'll be there tomorrow before you go and give them uh, some of your personal information. One more COVID uh, story here. Uh, here's a study that shows Americans are a little more comfortable traveling uh, uh, with this COVID variant than they were six months ago. It says that 34 percent of com- of Americans said they are comfortable traveling now. 61 percent are comfortable shopping. 52 percent are fine with drinking and dining indoors. Um, probably the reason for that is elsewhere in the survey, it shows that they asked people, what is the most common life event that's been put off by COVID? The number one item was travel, 60%. So people are eager to go, and with the word that perhaps this variant isn't as difficult to navigate as the previous one, and if you're vaccinated and boosted, that it's reasonably safe to travel. 
Uh, you've got to still practice some, you know, some other things, be willing to wear a mask and all of that kind of jazz. But anyway, um, it looks like people are a little more willing to travel now than they were perhaps three or four months ago. And I would say that um, the statistics from our, from our own company kind of bear that out. There have been very few uh, cancellations. There have been a few, but not very many. And there are a number of people. There have been more bookings than cancellations. So people That's are good. still, yeah, people are still planning on traveling uh, later this spring. Uh, there is some some hope as the uh, as the Omicron uh, infections begin to come down in some cities that it went up very quickly in some destinations. It's come down very quickly, and that perhaps. There will not be another variant soon. It will give people a window to be able to travel. Delta Airlines has extended their e-credit booking expiration through 2023. We were talking about this just last week about um, travel suppliers who had issued people vouchers and credits and things, and now those vouchers and credits are starting to expire and people haven't had a chance to use them. And so Delta stepped up to the plate and just said, you know what? Um, anything that we have issued, there are a few little caveats here, but it covers almost everything that's been issued during the uh, uh, during COVID. Will all be good um, through the end of next year for flights booked through the end of 2024. So if you have a Delta credit, it's good for all of this year and all of next year. And you you waited to the last minute, even next year, you could book it on a flight into 24. So good for Delta. For stepping up, because you know the reason they issue this stuff is because they know that a lot of it oh, yeah. will never come back. Yeah, and, they, they don't. They really don't have a lot to lose. No, and a lot to gain in regards to goodwill. A whole lot to gain in regards to goodwill. And right now, the the whole airline and, and industry, I think, could use a little bit of that. Um, most valuable airline and hotel rewards programs uh, rank to give you an idea um, on the airline side. Alaska Airlines came out on top. Alaska, Southwest, Hawaiian, and Delta are the top uh, ones on the airline side. On the uh, hotel side, Radisson. And keep in mind that when we talk about hotels, uh, you know, Radisson owns like six or eight different brands now. So it may not say Radisson on the front of the hotel, but it may be the Radisson Reward Program. Radisson first, Hyatt, Wyndham, um, IHG, which is basically Holiday Inn and Crown Plaza, and then Best Westerns, Best Western and Marriott tied um, for fifth. To give you an idea, Radisson's reward program earns you about $12 in points for every $100 you spend. So if you spend $1,000, you should have $120 roughly in hotel credit or things that you could use for things that would be of value to you. But it doesn't surprise me that Southwest is up towards the top, but it does surprise me that Alaska apparently has – from an airline standpoint, the very best program um, for frequent travelers. And that, my friend, is your travel news for today. Well, there you go. Uh, did you did you, miss, did you mention whether you got Bonvoid or not? Did I mention? <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, that has kind of died down when Marriott it has, yeah. came out and changed their uh, program to Bonvoy, and it wasn't going too well for them for a while with their app, and people were saying, well, you've gotten Bonvoid. All right, my friends, we are the uh, Travel and Entertainment Guys. Mark and Tom with you again. TravelGuysRadio.com is our website. And there, of course, not only will you find all kinds of good stuff and links to our special guests, but you'll also find uh, a way to sign up and and be able to uh, get our podcast. Clayton Whitehead joins us next right here on the Travel Guys. 
Hey there, Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the program over there in the, the Sports Leisure Vacations complex in their luxurious it's studios. A huge, it's a huge complex. It's yes, 14 the, uh, square miles. It consists of the entire area between Bradshaw Road and Mather uh, Field Road off of Highway 50. It's it's massive. I mean, They had to make Rancho Cordova a city just to hold it all. <laughs> and they have their luxurious studios. And right there with two mics working today, Mark Hoffman and his partner, Clayton Whitehead. Welcome to the program, Clayton. It's been a little while. Thanks. Nice hearing your dulcet tones. Oh, what does that mean? I don't know. I, it sounds that, good. It sounds that means good. I like Tom better I, I, than you. Better than me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So anyway, you went on the road last week. I did. You were allowed to go away from home and all the way to San Francisco. And you went to a theater performance. I went to the Golden Gate Theater and saw the uh, traveling roadshow of the band's visit, which I had really, really, really wanted to see. It's the only uh, best new musical uh, Tony Award winner in this century that I had not seen. So I was so how there. how was it? I really enjoyed it. It wasn't just the winner of the best Tony back in 2017. It won what they called the Big Six. So it got best book, best score, best director, best lead actor, best lead actress, and, of course, best new musical. Um, with all those bests, maybe you would go thinking it was going to be a really, really big production, but it wasn't. It was a very, very small, quiet show, a show that you really that really pulled you in. And it just it was just a sweet story, a very intimate show. How full was the theater? Half full. Uh-huh. So there was plenty of room for social distancing. I'm not sure now how... Half full in terms of they only sold half the seats well, or... That's what I was about to say. I'm not sure if it was half full by design or half full because sales went flat or maybe even subscribers weren't coming. Mm-hmm. It was a matinee performance. Um, but, you know... I must say, after leaving the theater, the whole city was a reflection of the interior of the theater. The city was empty. You could have blown off a cannon anywhere, and you wouldn't have hit anybody. Pier 39, uh, the Westfield Mall, where the Nordstrom and the uh, Bloomingfield uh, Bloomingdale's is. Downtown, where yeah, the theaters are. Yeah, uh, downtown. Um, the city was just empty. Beautiful sunny day. Nobody was home. Well, it is January. Let's let's be honest. I mean, it wouldn't be a time when it would be particularly busy anyway. You observed that quite a few of the places, though, down at the wharf were closed, were closed, including a really iconic restaurant down there. Yes. Um, I, I We had quite a bit of time after the show. By the way, if you go, use the restroom before it starts because there is no there intermission. There is no intermission. <laughs> so that means, you, you know, we got out of the theater half hour, 45 minutes earlier than normal. Sure. So we had some extra time down along the water where we give folks some free time to have dinner before we drive back. And um, I just did a walkabout all through that district uh, down along Pier 39 uh, and uh, Fisherman's Wharf. And then even a bit farther than that, I'm not sure what you call that next space, but all the way down. And um, uh, Fisherman's Grotto is gone. And the restaurant next to it, uh, Aliotos, I think. Aliotos. Aliotos, that's it. Forgive me for mispronouncing it. It is gone. And the one next to it that, I don't remember its name either, but three in a row, boom, 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 they're just gone. Wow. And I don't think they were like temporarily closed. I mean, they're gone. Like they're they're finished. And upstairs at Pier 39, the the lower deck was, was... Completely occupied, 100% occupancy. But uh, that second level at Pier 39, uh, there was Swiss Louis, 
the California Welcome Center, and then, of course, Fog Harbor that we all know and love. And almost the rest of Pier 39 was closed. A lot of the shops along the main uh, street there, the Embarcadero, on the other side of like where uh, Boudin's has their their fancy bread restaurant. Right. Mm-hmm, a lot of mm-hmm. those storefronts are empty. Um, so to be a little bit more positive, there still were plenty of places for people to eat. There was plenty of places to eat and good places, too. I think about 90% of us had bread with bread for dinner yeah. uh, with a little clam chowder gravy poured over the top. Speaking of which, I need to take this opportunity. Um, a very nice lady. We, we at the end of the show last week, because we'd had a couple of cancellations, we, we offered to give away some tickets. And folks had to call Monday morning and be uh, sports leisure travelers to get them. Anyway, Connie... Hogan. Hogan. Um, won one of the tickets. And what a sweetheart. She bought a whole bunch of bread from down there, French bread, all kinds of exotic French bread and stuff, and sent it home with the tour director. And we, we munched on it the whole rest of the week. I think some of it is still in the in the back room. Anyway, thank you to Connie, um, who for her free ticket felt obligated to bring some gifts. And I just wanted her to know that they were very much appreciated by the in fact uh, i just had my lunch on a piece of that bread on a piece of that bread yes. so so anyways um show was great uh, really really nice and did you did you feel comfortable in the theater everybody was masked up i mean i totally felt comfortable um some of us did spread out because the seats were there so mm-hmm. we had that opportunity you don't always um but i felt very comfortable throughout our day there uh, of course, to get into the theater, you did have to show not only your vaccination record, but also your picture ID. Uh, in my walking about. Um, oh, how what a great idea. Because a lot of well, the, the vaccination things, you know, are getting passed around a little bit and stuff oh, yeah, like that. Right. So if you have to show your ID along with your vaccination record, we at least know that the vaccination record matches up with the person who's carrying it. Right. Broadway San Francisco, right. as well as Broadway Sacramento, both adopted that policy at the beginning of the season. So that's a good thing. That's an excellent As I was idea. drifting around uh, before I, I chose my own dinner spot, uh, I did witness that most restaurants were checking IDs. Mm-hmm. And at least one, I stopped and stared long enough to see that he checked the picture ID as well. I don't think there's quite the level of uh, of care there. Right. But, um at least they were they were looking, and of course it was a beautiful day, thankfully for us. So the option of outdoor dining was was possible at many restaurants. Well, excellent. I'm glad that you uh, and, and blatant commercial here. Um, Sports Leisure Vacations takes people regularly to out of town performances, theater, concerts, things like that. Um, just about every major show that comes to San Francisco, uh, we take folks to oftentimes with multiple departures and you have free time to have a meal and good tickets at the theater which are pre-purchased and all of that kind of jazz and we also do occasional shows at the marin center and uh the sierra oh i'm gonna mess this up c-a-t-s anyway they do shows in nevada city forgive me i can't remember exactly what c-a-t-s and we go to modesto to the gallo center modesto yeah and why do we go there because it is a beautiful theater with perfect sight lines, great acoustics, and it's a nice day out. And there's uh, some nice restaurants in Modesto to have dinner before the show. And guess what? Food prices in Modesto are a little more reasonable than they are in some other destinations. All right, I want to shift gears here for just a minute while we still have a few minutes left. Um, You and I have noticed, along with a lot of other folks, and if you have done any travel shopping in the last couple three months you uh, listeners you may have noticed this too travel prices are on the rise my goodness especially for hotels and restaurants 
um, perhaps a case of and attractions too few people, too many people chasing too little availability because uh, the thing I just had in the news that travel was the thing that was most displaced mm-hmm. from people's lives. So it's going to be one of the first things to put back. But my goodness, we're seeing hotel increases of 30 and 40 percent. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned the supply and demand factor, which is huge. But then there's two other things going on. One, a lot of retailers, a, a lot of people in business, whoever they are, they are trying to make up for some lost revenue and they're having to pay their employees a lot more. So that has a big influence on the prices we're having to pay. Uh, Clayton, uh, let's drift back just a little bit to your trip to San Francisco for the uh, uh, for the show that you saw, the band visit. I know little or nothing about it. Uh, you indicated that it, here again it won a lot of Tonys, very popular. Can you give us a, just a, just a glimpse as to what it's about? It is a sweet story. It's about a Egyptian orchestra from Alexandria, eight members, who, due to a, a comedy of errors, uh, end up in a small village in Israel, uh, mistakenly, where they think they have arrived to do a concert. When they hop off the bus, it's very clear immediately that they are way far off the mark, and they're not supposed <laughs> to be there. Uh, they're the Jews and they're the Egyptians and they just kind of stare each other down for a few minutes. There's no transportation out of town until the next day and there's no hotel in this village. So, um, they go into a little cafe, uh, where they meet the hospitable mistress of the cafe and her two employees. And these three folks divvy up the band and take members home for the night. Um, and it's, it's just a sweet story as these people, who are, dare we say, mortal enemies, um, discover what we all know in our hearts, and that is there's more that brings us together than that which separates us. Deep down, we're all, you know, we're all good people, and um, when given a few moments to tell your stories and share, then... The next day, the parting was really sweet and sad because they'd made friends. Sounds a little bit like a come-from-away sort of... Uh, it was a come-from-away sort of story. Yeah, which which has... has that, that, I'm very jealous that you get to go see it because I, I'm not going to get to see it in San Francisco, and who knows how much longer it will be around, but it, it really was an acclaimed show. So anyway, travel is getting more expensive. You can go to the theater safely in San Francisco if you're willing to, to make some compromises, but if, you, if you're going to travel in this coming year, be prepared... Uh, especially if you want to go to some place that is perceived as a desirable destination, it's going to probably cost you a lot more money. It's not going to be easy, but it can still be a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Clayton, for spending some time with us. We look forward to your next visit. Coming up after the news break, consumer advocate Chris Elliott joins us. Stick around. Got a great interview just ahead. Hey there, Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Welcome. Uh, Follow along and links to our special guests at TravelGuysRadio.com. Once in a while, we get a guest that uh, isn't in our time zone. And uh, today today is one of them. Uh, We're going 12 hours apart here. Uh, let's, let's, Mark, bring on our, our, one of our, our favorite guests. Probably yeah, our favorite guests. Our, our guests are not in our time zone, and, and there's a different <laughs> reason for that. But, anyways, um, this one is really not in our time zone. Um, half a planet and half a day away. Welcome to Chris Elliott, who is joining us, uh, from Abu Dhabi, perhaps? Yes, Abu Dhabi. Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, 
Thanks for coming along. Well, last time we checked in with you, you were in Portugal, and now you've wandered mm-hmm. over to the Middle East. I say wandered over like, you know, it's something that people just do, you know, on a whim. But uh, you you are, are getting around pretty well in the day of in the days of COVID. Now, I remember when this first all started, you were like trapped in Spain or France or something like that. Couldn't go anywhere. And mm-hmm. so how's life in the Middle East? Uh, it's pretty good. It's, uh, you know, the weather is really nice at this time of year. It's like mid 70s and low humidity and, and it's the Middle East. So uh, all the, the good and the bad that you can imagine, it's all here. Uh, mostly good. So we've been in Abu Dhabi for the last uh, about six or seven days, and before that we were in Doha in Qatar, um, and we were we were there over the holidays. So we were there for about two and a half weeks, and then before that we were we talked when we were in Portugal. So we were in Portugal and the Azores and uh, Alentejo and Lisbon, and um, yeah, so far so good. We've um, we're all healthy. Though, unfortunately, my middle son, who turned 17 today, uh, got himself a, a little ca- a case of uh, the Omicron virus there, or the COVID. And so he, he tested positive, and he is, we've, we're having, we're having quarantining in the hotel room next to ours right now. So fun and games. So he's all tests, he's, he's all vaccinated and all that kind of jazz, right? Well, yeah, believe it or not, um, he actually got four vaccines. So they started him... Uh, inadvertently with Moderna because they thought he was over 16, but he wasn't. And then he got three Pfizer's uh, and he still got it. <laughs> so, wow. uh, but it was just a very mild case. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and his brother and I, we were, I think we were probably exposed and we did not get it. Uh, we had three Moderna's. So I don't know. I mean, this is just, you know, there's a crazy time to be out here traveling. Um, but the, the Emiratis, as they call them here, the in, in the United Arab Emirates, um, are extremely careful. So if you, um, they give you a contact tracing app that you have to download. You're not allowed into any malls, restaurants, public buildings without showing a green pass, which means that you've been vaccinated and that you've tested negative. And so once that uh, app goes red, you basically are a pariah. You can't go anywhere. <laughs> and they are very strict about that. Uh, that, yeah, I was going to ask Chris, uh, what's it look like? Uh, you know, how are how are people getting around? And and then you explained a lot of it right there. I'm assuming that along with that goes uh, uh, some mask mandates on a regular basis. Uh, what's it like uh, in restaurants and such? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's very strict. Uh, you have to wear masks everywhere. Um, even outside, people are wearing masks. Um, but uh, the the thing that is a little bit confusing is that the regulations change almost by the day. And I'll tell you a quick story. We were trying to get from Qatar to Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi actually has a 48-hour PCR requirement. So you have to have taken a test within 48 hours if you want to fly here. But Dubai has a 72-hour requirement. Both Abu Dhabi and Dubai are in the same country. Uh, so we figured... We were having some problem getting, getting our test on the way out here. So we figured, well, we'll just fly into Dubai because they have a 72-hour requirement and our tests would still be valid. So we flew in here and we tried to drive. It's only about an hour and a half drive. Well, what we didn't realize is there is actually a border between both of these emirates. And they check to see if you have all your paperwork. Uh, no one would take us. We finally found someone who would take us down here um, and... Uh, we we showed our PCR tests from uh, Doha, 
and uh, we they should have turned us away, but we we did finally make it. But it was uh, it was you know a drama just trying to get down here, wow. and everyone was telling us a different story. So, folks in that part of the of the world are being a lot more careful. Is it making a difference? Yeah. Are their numbers different from ours? Are there is this helping them in some way? You know. I wish I could say that it was helping, but uh, the they're still are, they're experiencing a spike. I mean, this this thing is so highly infectious. Um, you can take every precaution. You can be vaccinated. Uh, you can wear masks and gloves, and you can still get it. Um, so I think that's really for us is the takeaway is like it's just you know if you're going to get it, you're going to get it. It's just bad luck, and there really isn't very much that you can do about it. And hopefully your son's uh, symptoms are reasonably mild. Uh, yeah, they, we, he had symptoms for about a day, and it was like the sniffles, basically. So it wasn't uh-huh. terrible. But, I, you know, so of course, so- it, he's 17 years old. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, results may vary, as they say. Yeah. So, Chris, um, what was your goal when you set out to, you know, you're traveling a, a good portion of the planet here? What's the... What, what, what's the goal of, of your travels, and and when do you plan to be back in the United States? Yeah, well, I mean, this last summer, as you know, um, I traveled around the United States just doing stories basically about how people were dealing with COVID and recovering. And the whole post-COVID, well, then I, back then I thought it was going to be the post-COVID um, travel industry. It ended up, uh, unfortunately, we had the Delta surge, and then after that, Omicron. Um, but it, it was really informative. I love, you know, traveling around and talking to people about how they how they travel and how the tourism industry has been affected. So I thought I would do that for the rest of the world, um, and that's what we d- we've done. We we started. We left California back in October and flew to the Azores, and so we're just very slowly making our way around the world now. And wherever we go, I'm writing stories about it. So that's my assignment: is cover what happens after COVID. Um, and uh, just write whatever you whatever you see. You're a consumer advocate guy, and now you're traveling in all these other foreign countries. You must see situations that make you, you know, either a little crazy or you know want to help or anything along that line that that you've that you've seen or you've thought, wow, you know, that needs to be changed or. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin, how to begin to answer that question, because I've seen so many things that uh, need to be changed. Or, or And actually, I've actually seen the things that were where people have done something the right way, and I wish that they would do it in the United States. But um, one thing that I would say is that if you're going to offer service in English, you should make sure that your employees actually speak English. Um, What I found is that everyone here claims to be able to speak English, but it's really not English. It's what I call ESL English, and uh, and I've gotten so many orders wrong. I've gotten phone numbers wrong, email addresses wrong, um, and and it's because there's this strange communication gap between me and 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 we're both allegedly speaking the same language, but um, you know it's not English. It's something else. So. Uh, that's right now. That's my pet peeve is just that, uh, you know, I don't know what language they're speaking here. You know, <laughs> what, what did you call it? You had some initials for it, the English. It's, yes. 
it's ESL, English as a Second Language. Oh, okay, uh, all right. And um, and I I, w- I would also just add that that's actually a very common complaint at my advocacy organization is that people will call and they'll say that the person that I spoke with couldn't I couldn't understand him or her or they couldn't understand me. Chris, for the folks who are listening who might be headed overseas, you've now been on a couple of different continents there. Um, if, if folks are, are, are planning an overseas trip in the next couple of months in the face of COVID, do you have any wisdom for them? Well, yeah. Um, first of all, make sure that you have a PCR test lined up. Right now, with the surge that we're experiencing, uh, you might not be able to get an appointment. So line that up uh, well in advance. Um, and uh, if you ha- absolutely have to have a result by a certain time, make sure that you are, are going to a place that can guarantee the results. A lot of the places that do the testing for free, they'll get them to you when they get them to you. Um, when I left California, I took three PCR tests. Only one of them, the one I paid for, got back to me on time uh, before my flight. So that's the first thing. And the other thing I would say is make sure you've got travel insurance because with this particular variant, uh, there's a pretty good chance that when you're on the road, you're going to get sick uh, or you're going to get infected. And if you do, you've got to have a, a policy that will cover you for um, quarantines. So make sure you've got that as well. Good advice. Where's, yeah. Where, where's the next stop on the on the world tour? Where to next? Uh, we're up to Dubai for a couple of weeks and then we'll be in Cape Town for a month. Well, what a what a great opportunity for your sons to be able to um, to see the planet. Uh, if you're a teenager and you're deciding trying to decide what to do with your life, what better way than to travel the world and, and get a perspective of a lot of a lot of different places? So, congratulations on uh, on all of that and, uh, and on your safe thanks. travels so far. Uh, thanks. Yeah, uh, we're we're enjoying it, and I'm sure we'll have a chance to report in sometime in the near future and let you know what's happened. Be safe, my friend. Thank you uh, for being so generous with your time. Um, good luck with uh, your consumer advocacy. For those of you folks who are listening, um, Chris has a consumer advocacy website. If you have a problem that relates to a travel supplier or, gosh, just about any type of consumer problem, you can go to Elliot2Ls2Ts.org. And Christopher's staff can help you help you help yourself, or in some cases, they can help you find the right person, maybe help you resolve an issue. Um, stay safe, my friend, and we'll talk to you again down the road. You got it. Thanks, guys. Don't forget now, TravelGuysRadio.com. Uh, you can get the link uh, to uh, Chris Elliott. All right, coming up next here on the Travel Guys, Tourism Cares a philanthropical arm of the tourism industry. You're going to learn all about it when we when we return, right here on The Travel Guys. When I wake up, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man. Hey there, Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys. Here with you, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Here to make you a smarter traveler, and one of the ways is by going to TravelGuysRadio.com. We have links to our special guests. You can find them there. And we do have a very special guest on the line today. Mark, uh, introduce who we're going to be speaking with for the next 10 minutes. Greg Takahara is the uh, CEO of Tourism Cares, and he's going to explain that a little bit more for you in just a moment. But uh, those of us who are travelers... 
are exposed to a lot of situations. We go to places where everything is wonderful, and sometimes we go to places where things are not so wonderful or where things were really good until the hurricane came or the flood or whatever natural disaster or something. And and so now it's time to try to restore a tourism area to to its original grandeur. So Tourism Cares is a, a group that handles some of those types of things. They have a project coming up in California, and uh, I just wanted you to, uh, our listeners, to be able to know a little bit about this philanthropic organization. Greg, welcome to the Travel Guys. Great. Thank you, Mark. And uh, it's a pleasure uh, to be part of your broadcast today and talk a little bit about Tourism Cares. Well, thank you, Greg. First, let's tell the audience, um, what is Tourism Cares and, and how did it come about? Sure. Tourism Cares is a nonprofit organization that's been around for just about 20 years. We had our inaugural, we called them cleanup events uh, back in the day. Um, Our inaugural event was in 2003 at Ellis Island, and Ellis Island was kind of, as you referenced, far different uh, destination than it is today. Very manicured and obviously well taken care of. Um, But back in 2003, that was not the case. If I kind of take you back on the time capsule, uh, back to that time, um, obviously we recall the the horrific events of 9-11 and uh, post 9-11, there was a lot of sentiment within the travel and tourism industry to bring the industry together. And it was really the uh, three organizations, the United States Tour Operators Association, the National Tour Association, uh, of which you're very familiar having led it, uh, Mark, and uh, ASTA, which is the American Society of Travel Advisors, who brought their foundations under one umbrella. And ultimately, that became Tourism Cares, for which um, they wanted to put forward how we could make a positive impact within the industry. And I think if you hearken back to that time, you may recall then President Bush uh, making a call to action to the American people, seeking for people to engage in volunteerism. So a lot of our foundational work was based on creating volunteer events. Um, And as I mentioned, our first being in Ellis Island in 2003, where we brought together 300 industry personnel, members of our industry together, for us to all work side by side, roll up our sleeves um, and clean up Ellis Island and do a lot of the work that the then uh, National Park Service did not have the resources to get done. So that was really the foundation of our work. Since that time, we've really deepened our work to do what I would call much more um, global and much more impactful work around sustainability. I kind of look at the volunteer days as being like a good before and after picture. But now it's really important for us to deepen our work into the local communities and put a greater focus on sustainability. Greg, how has COVID impacted Tourism Cares work? Well, I mean, to say that it's had no effect, you know, obviously we roll as the industry rolls. Our, our membership is 160 travel companies strong. And, um, you know, as they suffer, um, we unfortunately then suffer. But I I think the resilience of the industry is is very evident in terms of how we've been able to continue to thrive in this time because of incredible support from uh, our industry membership. Of course, there have been many who have been had to pull back. 
um, from their membership and be, you know, not be as engaged as they've been in the past. But as we ramp up toward recovery, I think we're all looking optimistically at a strong future for Tourism Cares. So for folks who are listening, basically what happens here is that Greg's talking about cleanup events and and they've become more than just cleaning up. Now they've become building up events also, in addition to just cleaning up things and making them better, but actually creating something along the way. These events are held um, throughout the country. Indeed, some have been held outside of the country. Greg, there's one that's coming up that uh, travel professionals are going to gather uh, here in the California, Nevada area that's late in the spring up in the Tahoe area. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, our Meaningful Travel Summit uh, is going to be May 18th through 20 uh, in North Lake Tahoe. We're going to be using the villages at Palisades Tahoe for accommodations. Uh, many of you may be familiar with it as the previous Squaw Valley. And I think that's one of the focuses that we'll have is, is how that local community has worked with the indigenous population to, you know, forward efforts to represent them properly. But our volunteer work uh, will include conservation projects like tree planting and trail maintenance and waterway protection projects. We always incorporate uh, education into our into the event, and our sessions are going to focus primarily on the climate emergency that we're facing right now and how travel and tourism destinations are being impacted and how we can mitigate the negative impacts. So if you are a travel professional of some type and you would like to be a part of this event, um, you can go to TravelGuysRadio.com and we'll have a link to the Tourism Cares website there, and then you can get on their list and they will update you with information when um, the opportunity comes along. Tourism Cares is a membership organization, so you can take out a membership if you wish, but you can also be uh, just a spectator and and uh, find out what they do, and at some point in time there may be an opportunity for you to help out in some way in a locale somewhere around the country. Greg, anything else that you'd like to add before we let you go? Well, I would just add, you know, when you mentioned, Mark, the membership, I mean, we are taking steps to reach out to the the consumer traveler as well, too, through professional membership at at $99. Um, I think that there are a lot of individual travelers that are putting a focus on uh, making their travel more meaningful, ensuring that they travel responsibly, using companies that uh, have a similar focus. So we like to put a spotlight on those companies for the traveler as well, too. Tom, when you get out and you start traveling and you're exposed to these situations, it's not all, I mean, when you're traveling, you don't always walk down the street that the rich people live on. You know, sometimes sometimes you're taking a tour of a city or a destination or something and you are exposed to things that are not as upscale or as pleasant, and that's all part of the destination too. And the opportunity to be able to to be able to contribute in some way and be a little bit philanthropic has always been very important to our company. So uh, tourism mm-hmm. cares is something that um, that that we feel very very strongly about supporting. Greg Takehara, the CEO of Tourism Cares, a philanthropic organ- nonprofit for the tourism community. Greg, thanks for your time today, and we'll talk to you again when the Lake Tahoe event gets a little closer. Great, thank you, Mark and Tom. Really appreciate it. Don't forget now, you can get a link to uh, Greg and uh, Tourism uh, Cares and uh, all that at TravelGuysRadio.com. All right, 
Getting towards the uh, end of today's program, I want to remind you next week here on The Travel Guys, we had a really nice interview with a gal who is in charge of public public relations and tourism uh, for Santa Barbara, which has been really growing in popularity. Mark, you... uh, you take travelers to Santa Barbara from time to time. We do, and Southwest Airlines now is serving Santa Barbara, although not from not from Sacramento yet, but uh, is uh, is serving Santa Barbara. So we'll we'll go down to that destination. Pretty cool to have Chris Elliott um, on with us. I think from halfway around the damn planet. Um, I know. The, first of all, just just the fact that uh, the technology alone that I we could make a simple cell phone call. Uh, to someone who is literally halfway around the planet, 12 hours away, yeah. uh, and bring him in loud and clear. It was nice to have him on. Well, and it's nice of him because that, that, that takes a lot of effort. And as you mentioned, it's a 12-hour time difference. So for him to take the effort to be a part of the Travel Guys is something. I mean, you know, he's only the travel writer for Forbes and USA Today and some of those things. So the fact that he sp- is, is willingly gives of his time to us on a regular basis is pretty darned cool. And it was nice to get Greg on from uh, Tourism Cares also. I really, really, really believe in, in what it is that they do. So to, off to Santa Barbara next week. In the meantime, I'll be here dancing like nobody's watching. All right. Sounds good, my friends. Uh, Don't forget now, TravelGuysRadio.com. If you missed uh, any of the program today, you you can get the podcast. In the meantime, stay well, and we'll see you next week right here on The Travel Guys.